Please don't make that the cold open if this is recording. It was recording. Oh no! Whatever, do what you want. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that quizzes you on numbers before making you go dig them up. Dig them up, dig them up, dig them up, dig them up. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what have you dug up today? Uh, my hangover? <laughs> my headache? I feel hungover, and I am not hungover. That's just That's just how my life is right now. Yeah. I'm just in a constant state of... Why, body, why? Why, body? <laughs> why, God, why? Uh, Dean, you opened a show. I did open a show. Not I... the show we're doing together. For no. Obviously, I know that, but for the people at home. <laughs> uh, it's a weird... I've never understudied before, so watching a show open oh. and me not being a part of it is a very strange feeling. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I want to be up there doing the thing, but I'm not doing the thing. But, like, watching is cool because I get to see all these awesome people do a thing. It's just a different experience for me. It, I imagine what it's like what a director feels where you're like, mm. all right, I put in my work, I did my time, but it's out of my hands now. So as somebody who has understudied a lot mm-hmm. and now has shifted to directing, kind of? Okay. You never, as an understudy, you never had control. Mm-hmm. So you're, I was never given control. Well, you, you had no control over the process. You had no control over the story being told. You could just do your job. Mm-hmm. As a director, you have a lot more control over the story being told. So the stakes feel higher on opening night as a director than they do sure. as an understudy. It's also, if the show is terrible, nobody's going to come and write up a full-on scathing review about the understudy that didn't go on. That'd be hilarious. It would be pretty funny. That'd be a good bit, actually. <laughs> I would really enjoy that. <laughs> um, I feel like the- my theatrical career is taking on the one of the or hopefully this is my i guess my hopeful outlook of the backup quarterback that then becomes a good coach okay because they were never very good at being a quarterback but they were a backup quarterback because they like had the like tape evaluation like analytical brain to do it and then they're like well, now i'm a coach and that's all those skills translate perfectly okay uh give me your one example of a quarterback that did that kellen moore yeah. Offensive coordinator? Four. Uh, ooh, they fired him from the Cowboys, but that's because Mike McCarthy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, Chargers. Mm-hmm. He took over for Joe Lombardi, who is the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Hey. <laughs> it also is not just quarterbacks, right? Like, Dan Campbell was a former uh, tight end that was kind of a bubble player. Yeah. Um, a lot of player coaches now. I but. mean, I the Vikings have a player coach. Who was a backup quarterback? So yeah. like I'm I'm there with you. Yeah. Like it makes total sense to me. Sean Mannion, Super Bowl winning coach of twenty forty two. Oh, I was like the Vikings haven't won a Super Bowl, and then you put the date in the future. Exactly. <laughs> Check back in in twenty forty two. Yeah, see if that's... I'm not saying he'll win as coaching the Vikings. <laughs> mm. Could it could be anyone? <laughs> it could be the. It could be you, listener. It could be you. You could be the winner of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of winners, oh my god. emails. Oh my god! I couldn't let it let a good segue hang there like that. I love it. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at you. I'm just worse. Life, man. Life and podcasting. I'm having a good time. I am sad we only got to release one episode last week. Yeah, that's on me. But we got two this week, baby. We sure do. Get your ass ready. Speaking of getting your ass, why are we ready, coming for their ass? <laughs> email from Josh. Josh, memory game scores for all stars for for Jared listing off. Uh, 14 of 15. We snuck Kelly Wigglesworth in there, but it wasn't Kelly. It's Kathy. Oh, that's right, because Kelly's in second chance. Yeah, and you you said it so fast, I did. I just like, yeah, that sounds right. And I, I forgot about Kathy. How yeah. can I forget about Kathy? She's great. Yeah. And I'll get into it if this podcast lasts long enough, but most of the more modern innovations to the show are terrible. They turn Survivor into a luck-based game, and I think Jeff makes the show to entertain himself. Interesting. I agree with the make the show to entertain himself. I disagree a little bit on the luck base, uh, making it a little. It yes and no, like it there is some luck element, but also 
there's so much skill and like strategy with how you play these luck based elements. It's a fine line to walk because if yeah. you don't if you don't have any randomness, mm-hmm. you end up with season two over and over and over again, mm-hmm. where the outcome is predetermined from the merge onwards. If you have no way to shake it up or create like randomness or luck or whatever you want to call it. But if you go too far in that direction, then it feels like nothing the players do has any impact on the game. Yeah. I like the do or die chant or the do or die twist from forty one forty two. Fucking awful. <laughs> hey, I am all for th- throw things to the wall. If it if it works, great. If it doesn't, oh well, you tried. Yeah. Like I said, some things some things are not meant to come back. Some things will keep coming back for the rest of time. And let's not pretend like Jeff doesn't do things in the seasons we're watching right now to keep to entertain himself <laughs> and himself only. Literally delaying the merge feels like it was Jeff being like, I'm gonna pull a fast one on him. Hey, you know what they'll never see coming? Not doing anything. <laughs> hey. Other email from Tyler. Tyler, very good on naming the all-stars for Jared, except Kelly. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we caught that. Thank you, Tyler, for... See, you guys keep us honest, and I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Also, I think you got confused in reading my last email. I said only one person doesn't attend the 10-year anniversary party. Not that only one person this season isn't on the MTV special with Rob. I think I just read it in a poor way. I understand what you meant. Yeah. So, thank you. uh, Again, keep us honest. Somebody said in their email a couple episodes ago that Game Changers is their favorite season, which I find interesting because while I wouldn't say it's my favorite season, it's the one that I feel like I rate more highly than most people do on average. Hmm. You're going to need to wait a little while for that one, Jared. The game hasn't even, like, solidified into what it's going to be, let alone be able to change. (laughs) Also, Stephen, I remember in an early episode that Big Brother was your blind spot in terms of reality TV, so I don't know how much exposure you've had to it, but I disagree with it being a popularity contest, and there have been several seasons where the winner wasn't liked by the public. Then I feel like I don't understand how Big Brother (laughs) works then, because I swear to God, I... Okay, from here on out... No more Big Brother references, because neither of us know the show well enough to talk about it, and we're talking out of our ass. I have to explain myself here, though, because I remember watching it a little bit growing up and being Mm. like, yeah, this isn't really my thing. But I feel like at some point there was a, like, America votes for the winner, right? Someone. I watched it growing up a little bit, too, but I remember very little, and that's why I'm like, (laughs) Steven, we're just... We're perjuring ourselves. Like I said, I hope I hope they changed it or like modified it, but I swear to God, somebody the America voted for the winner. But please tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> also agree that there is an emphatic no on having the audience decide the winner on Survivor because the audience wasn't there and didn't have True. to live with the survivors. They only see forty five minutes of every three days. I think the whole premise of Survivor is to get people eliminated before you, but still have them willing to be voting for you at the end. I agree. Like, it, it just would, the game would not work if America, it would be so easy for Survivor to manipulate. This is a stupid idea. Go on. But, what if you, basically, anyone that played the game at all, like, in that season, could be on the jury, but how it worked is, the final two or three, if you want to do three, had to pick five, let's say, and they all had to vote unanimously on who those five were. So you're trying to get the, you're all trying to pick people that you think will vote for you, but you have all, you have to think all three of you have to think that that person's going to vote for you, or they'd be a good jury member. This is some circle bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like. Ranked choice voting. Well, I thought you were describing like a ranked choice voting kind of situation. Basically, yeah. And then I'm like, no, no, this is so complicated. I literally started it with, this is a stupid idea. Yeah. But. But, hey, we're all for stupid ideas here. Listen, if Survivor can have them, so can I. <laughs> it would be interesting having I me throwing my more stupid ideas at the wall if, like, everybody who was eliminated got a vote, but it was almost like the at the point in which you were voted off determines how many, how much credibility worth, you have. Or how much worth your vote has. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Weighted votes. It would, but it would also not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I it, like, it's not Survivor, but it would be an interesting social experiment. I also just realized that like half of this podcast is me just like dunking on Survivor, <laughs> and I know that like uh, if we ever got uh, popular enough to the point that like we popped up on like the radar of like popular Survivor podcasts, holy shit, would no. people, would th- that production not be happy with hey, us? You know what? We are here to hold Survivor accountable. For mistakes they made 20 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I love Survivor, and I can admit that they fuck up a lot. To be, I mean, yeah, and like, I love the show too, obviously, mm-hmm. even having limited experience. And I really only criticize things I love. Otherwise, I just don't care. Aw, you love me? I do criticize you quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, last email from Andrew Ross. I don't know if we've had an email from Andrew Ross. Thank you so much for, for emailing in. Uh, Thailand has been rough so far, just made it to the merge episode and can see why this season is often considered by many members of the community to be one of the worst. Here is this resource if you guys would like. It has all the seasons so you don't have to have a seasonal rant about Paramount Plus. Yeah, someone sent us a nice... That's nice. Nice little, nice little thingy thing. Uh... Yeah, I thank appreciate you, that. Yeah, thank you. That's it, good stuff. I will do with it what uh, we will do with it. Yeah, I think we'll probably be, we'll probably end up using Paramount Plus more often because it's convenient and also the way through which many people are watching it. Yeah. So, but I try to keep the rants to a minimum, and for the most part, it's good. We are going to have one question actually about this episode. Correct. But yeah. No, I and. We're we're gonna be as above board as we can because we're <laughs> we're we're recording this in an audio medium that can be used against us in future situations. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be as above board as I can be. But I appreciate people looking out for us and saying, "Hey, here's a better option." And you're right. So if anyone uh, needs anything, nothing in particular, just let me know. Jared, mm-hmm. I want you to propose a question to our audience. Okay. I want people to email us. This is this is the email drive. Email drive 2023. Okay. Propose a question. What do you want to know from the audience here? So this is interesting because you won't be able to read these. So you so anyone who puts this in will have to put in a section of like for Jared's eyes only. Okay. Put it put it in the in the yeah in the email subject. Yep. What should I slip in? to the officiant vows that I'm writing for marrying Stephen and his fiance. <laughs> okay, that's funny. <laughs> we'll crowdsource some bits. Is, is this Survivor related or just anything? Whatever you want. All right, good to know. I can't promise it's going to make it in there. I do have some boundaries as far as like what I can't cross because Michaela will gut me like a fish. Of course. But... I do like committing to the bit. All right. You know what you could slip into there? What? A bumper. All right, so this episode came out on November 14th of 2002. A couple of things happened in the week between episodes. The first one is Iraq Disarmament Crisis. UN Security Council under Resolution 1441 unanimously approves a resolution on Iraq forcing Saddam Hussein to disarm or face serious consequences. Hmm. This is before the war in Iraq started. Okay. But this is the lead up to it. How, how did that go for everybody? Uh, he said he would, and then basically America was like, nah, he didn't do it, so we're going to invade, even though they did. But also Saddam Hussein was awful, but also the war in Iraq was a huge mistake. Anyway. Lots of grace. Lots of grace. Uh, Iraq, a land of contrasts. Uh, <laughs> Argentina default on an eight... Uh, 805 million world bank payment, 800 million dollar world bank payment. That seems like a big deal. I don't know. I guess when you when you owe the bank 800 dollars, it's your problem. When you owe the bank 805 million dollars, it's their problem. How timely? Because that could be a problem real soon. Uh, correct. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is released. So that's cool. Oh wow. And this one I thought was interesting. So. The United States House of Representatives votes not to create an independent commission to investigate the September 11th attacks. What? I know. Which, now I kind of understand where conspiracy theories come from. Because, like, yeah, that's a weird thing to not do. The only thing I can think is that they didn't, it's a Republican House with a Republican president, and they don't want to dredge up, like, there was some warnings that were 
maybe ignored or thought to be false flags. And they're like, ah, we don't really want to pull on that thread and point out incompetence. I, I mean, sure. But I feel like you would want to be as... From a public perspective, that looks not great. Yeah, but we didn't know about it till just now. So clearly it got buried pretty well. The number one song was still Lose Yourself by Eminem. Speaking of which, the top five movies, uh, starting from number five, I Spy, Jackass the Movie, The Santa Claus 2 slipped down to number three, The Ring up at number two, and Eight Mile. I was going to say, there it is. Yeah. Yep. So that came out, uh, has done really well in that week. And I, I know that that song is tied into that, but did that song come out when the movie came out? I think it came out just before, but I think it was like, hey, this movie's come out in a couple weeks. I dropped the single okay. kind of a thing. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I always thought it was more of like the story. I haven't seen 8 Mile, so <laughs> I've seen parodies of the of 8 Mile, but mm. I had always assumed that it was like the story of making that song. I think it's the story of Eminem starting his career. Yeah. So I think that song ties into it. Maybe it had been a song before. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, somebody knows. We could ask a, a we rap. We love talking about shit that we don't know. We could ask a rap historian. That's a cool job title. It is a cool job title. Let's find one. <laughs> if you know a rap historian, please yeah. write in to Survivor Turning Back Time send us, at gmail.com. Send them our way, and then we'll ask questions about better rap artists in history. Sure. <laughs> Now, we've been putting it off, but let's talk about the episode. Oh, if we must. Episode 9, Desperate Measures. So, this is a case study, this episode, Mm -hmm. in trying to make it look like something is happening while nothing is happening. Correct. In many different formats, it's misdirection by the camera. Yep. So much. And misdirection, I don't... I don't even know if people know that they're doing it or if they're just like talking out their ass and I think it's hoping so, that something would happen. I think it's selective editing. I think that we see a lot of confessionals of uh, a lot of clay, unfortunately, <laughs> but like weighing his options and they probably just only edited in the parts of him weighing his options that could cause a stir sure, and leave out the part where he's like, but I got to get rid of Ken, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, we start off the episode, and the Chuigan group, I guess it's still a tribe, the Chuigan group is just, like, hanging out, they're, they're shooting the shit, they're like, ah, I wonder what tribal council's like tonight. Everyone's good, and they just, they're doing impressions of each other yeah. at, at this. Some of them are really funny. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one was, uh, Brian... Pretending to be Ken. It's like, talking about like, Jeff, did you know I'm a New York City cop? <laughs> Although I, and like, this is a weird thing to, that I, they wouldn't, I think, normally put in an episode because they're all like talking over each other. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to follow what's going on. Yeah. We start the episode with filler. And, but I did catch Ted saying, guys, everyone's gotten what they deserve. I was like, have they, Ted? Have they, Ted? Have they, Ted? You're Ooh. still here. Unfortunate that uh, not everybody has gotten what they deserve. <laughs> so everyone comes back, and Chugan is asking Suchai, "Hey, how'd it go? How did Aaron take it?" I mean, bad. How the fuck do you think? Yeah, obviously not well. Like no, no one wants to go home. It's like they vote like she got off. like, oh thank God. BB's the only one who wants to go home. Now he's he's below us now. Penny's like, yeah, I lost my sleeping partner. But really, there's not a whole lot of... I don't know. This whole inciting incident feels like nothing. It's nothing. It's... The start of this episode is just filler. It's, it is five to ten minutes of nothing. And there's nothing to tie back to later. Nope. There's no... Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe... Oh, this drama that we started here might come back late. No, it's it's just it's garbage. I wrote down it just keeps getting worse. The season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what they're doing here. And you know, I production obviously has a lot uh to answer for in that regard, especially around Ted. Mm-hmm. But like this episode, I think is probably 
the best version of this episode you can get with the things that happened. Like, obviously, I don't know what we weren't shown, mm-hmm. but from the context clues and the way the episode ends and how easy the vote is, like, what are they going to show? These people, the people that are in the driver's seat either have no charisma or they have anti-charisma where, like, you, they're not even good villains. They're just kind of gross and disgusting. And the people that are not in the driver's seat, you can't focus on them because then we have the Sheehan problem for early in the season where it's like, well, why do we spend all the time with Sheehan if nothing happens? Sure. I'm going to disagree a little bit here because looking at it, I think this episode is a testament to how lazy production staff have gotten mm. or how like clearly disinterested with the season that they are. Because in any other season of Survivor, not even a modern season of Survivor, they know what's coming up. They know that the videos That's are here. True. They know that, like, oh, we're about to give them like a spark of hope. Things that you can show to make them make that happen and make that hit harder. That's true. Confessionals about family. Yeah. Confessional, asking them leading questions in these confessionals. Yeah. Showing how just distraught these people are about missing their... And like we see Clay for a moment staring up at the, at the moon and being like, Oh, I, I miss my family. Which, okay, the, maybe this is a Paramount Plus. We should probably go and check. This episode has a weird cut mm-hmm. where, like, Clay's, like, looking up at the moon, and it almost, like, cuts him off mid-sentence. Yeah. And then, or it's, like, literally right at the end of the sentence. It's, like, hard cut, like, freeze, hard cut, and then it comes back, and we're starting the reward challenge. Like, we're walking into reward. Like, they cut out a part of the episode, or maybe that's just where the commercial went, and it just... there's just like a weird way it was uploaded Paramount Plus. I don't know. I don't know if anything significant was missed, but that was very bizarre. Maybe that's why we can't drop Paramount Plus is because it gives us content to bitch about on on many episodes. Well, that's also what I mean. Like a lot lot of our, a lot of people that are listening are, if they're watching with us are watching through Paramount Plus. So if we didn't acknowledge that, then it'd be like, wait, what about that? And we just talk about content that wasn't there. Yes and no. It's so bad how Paramount Plus is almost only available in the U.S. That's true. There's no, almost no other country that you can use it in. That's because in other countries, it's, that app would be considered a consumer crime. <laughs> uh, I do want, before we get to the reward challenge, because that's kind of what tees up into this, I did want to talk about Jake. Yeah. In the, before, before the reward challenge. Yeah. Literally just sitting around, telling stories, being like, hello, my fellow adventurers. <laughs> I, too, can be hip. I have stories. Remember that one time where I was scuba diving in the desert upside down with my bare hands? I broke I broke both ankles twice. Now allow me to list four times it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but that... I'm assuming that one ankle, like... Each instance, not like broke them both at the same time. That would make sense. But I was, st- all of it was like, and I was like, oh, well, he's probably just bored. Like, they're all just bored sitting around. And then he, in a confessional, he's like, I'm going to show them that I'm a hip adventurer like them. And I was like, all right, well, Jake, you're a fucking idiot. His whole impetus in this is he's like, I need to blend in. I need to make some friends on the other side. Let me bore them with stories that are probably made up. Insane. <laughs> One of which, I don't know, apparently he was paratroopering into... Par- parachuting into, like, an air... Like, airport? Yeah, like... It, and Ted's like, that's, uh... That's probably an FAA violation, right? And Ted knows all about violations. You're going in today on Ted. I will never stop. Because I, the season is trying to pretend it didn't happen, and I'm not going to. And I'm not going to stop you either. <laughs> Moving on to the reward challenge, we get family videos. Well, first, we... No, no, that's, that's right. We we do the videos first, because yeah. Jeff sits him down, he's like, hey, I know you're missing family, but whoa, 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 whoa. They're, they're not, not here. here. I swear they're not here. Don't, they're not on the island. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> oh, I did want to say, sorry, in that weird cut with Clay, he has a bit where he's like, I am powered by the moon. <laughs> Maybe he's solar powered. That would make a lot of sense in some ways. <laughs> Clay, the original automaton. 
Anyway, he's Jeff's like, hey, your family's not here, but we have videos. Mm-hmm. Hey, which they shot on their own home cameras because the, the the quality is drastically different from family to family. It's wildly mixed. So maybe they determined that it's not worth them to send the camera crews out to each family across the country. Yeah. Or who knows, maybe they had the option and some people were like, no, I have my equipment, I'll do it myself or sure. whatever. Speaking of the quality, Jan's family used a camera from like 1903. <laughs> there was four pixels in that entire video. <laughs> It was it was a pretty bad video. <laughs> but Jan's kids also were really funny. Yeah. Yeah, any of the families that jumped out to you? Uh, I think seeing Ken's mom, who very clearly was uncomfortable in front of the camera, was yeah. great. And then the, the smash cut to the dog just, like, jumping around, like, huh, yeah, yeah. I wrote down that Ken's family looks like they were in a hostage video. <laughs> also, uh... Ted's child is ugly. The baby is ugly. That is a hideous baby. I'm sure it's a newborn. Listen, not all babies are cute. That's just a fact of life. And we all try to pretend that they are, but like ugly babies exist. And I'm sure that child has grown up and is an adult now because that's how time works. And I'm sure they are a perfectly normal looking human being now. Holy shit, was that an ugly newborn. If you are Ted's baby, please email us at Survivor Turning Back Time. I don't think Ted's uh, Ted's family would listen to this podcast. That's probably a, that's probably a good thing. But yes, babies are very swollen when they first come out. Yeah. That's just I guess not all babies. There are some problems. Well, I think I think it was also a preenie. I not to say anything of cuz he said maybe it was, maybe maybe not. She was in the hospital for longer, so I guess right. I assumed, but I guess not. Yeah. I don't know. Hideous child. Looked like a <laughs> goblin. <laughs> and then Penny didn't get one from her family. She got one from her fiance's family, which I don't know what her relationship with her family is. Yeah. Good on them. That's yeah. a you got to you chose your family. That's cute. I'm all for chosen family. Yeah, absolutely. I I have a good family on either side. So there's that. Yeah. Ugly ass baby though. <laughs> Okay, so Jeff, after you watch these, like, 30-second videos, he's like, do you feel loved now? Mm, isn't that enough to get you through? Are you ready for this maybe group challenge? You would think it would be an individual challenge, he's right? He's such an ass about this. He's like, no, he keeps using the word assume because he used it earlier. You would assume that these buffs over here are for you, right? You would assume this is an individual challenge. Finally, an assumption that is right. And it's not even, like... It doesn't even feel like in that jovial, like, haha. It it feels like Jeff is mad at them. He hates this season. He hates this season! <laughs> even his own bit, he hates doing. How close were we to having Jeff quit the show because of this season? I think I think if season six had gone like this one, probably he's gone. I mean, also depends on how much money they were paying. Sure. Him, right? But how much money, how much can you suck it up by getting paid millions of dollars to go to a, a beautiful island <laughs> to not do anything other than talk to people? Everyone has a price. If you say you don't, you're lying. You don't, the number's high, but everyone has a price. Jared, should I be concerned? I don't have those types of resources, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> God forbid I ever get them. Oh... So we get to the challenge. It's a full-on kind of obstacle course. This was a very survivor challenge. Yep. There were there's one through line in the wicker ball. Yep. But we use it in different ways. So there's there's something where you're chopping down wood and then that'll drop the wicker ball and then you have to feed this wicker ball through a, a weaving net and it, like it's kind of cool. Yeah. I think that this is a good challenge and Weirdly, though, they split it up into two-on-twos. Yeah. And, again, like, it, it's a time filler. That's fine. I'm cool with that if you have nothing else to show. But also, you could have done this entire challenge in one section where everyone's doing the same thing at the same time. Oh, you had to build eight of them at that point instead of two. Sure. That doesn't stop them now. Well, yeah. <laughs> you think they want to put that kind of effort into this season? 
No. Two of them's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, they split off into two by twos. Your your partnerships, which were randomly chosen, mm-hmm. as opposed to the ones in the past where they're like, "Hey, you have to pick." As opposed to sending Jerry home (laughs) because she had to pick her partner. But what's interesting is that in the past they're like, hey, it's you have to pick. And then they're like, let's make it random. Yeah. I like random better. I agree. They did random in Africa too. Yeah. Yes, they did. That's how we got Brandon and Frank going on a date. I forgot about that. That's funny. Okay. So your pairs are Jake and Jan. Hilarious. Put the two oldest people together. Rest in peace. <laughs> like you were, that team was was born to lose. <laughs> Clay and Ted. Yeah. No. Clay and Ken. Clay and Ken. You do this with. Thank. I'm so glad Ken is gone, or like like Ken or Ted is gone, so we don't have this happening anymore. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. In my notes, I wrote down Ted, and I meant Ken, and I caught it. I could. There. There could not be two different people. But I cannot get it out of my brain. I know. Stop putting names similar, Survivor. Yep. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> okay. Let me try that again. Clay and Ken. There you go. Hello, Barbie. Hello, Ken. Ted and Penny and Brian and Helen. What What are your takeaways from this challenge? That Helen is a really good competitor and wasted on this season. Yes. So she was the only one that had good strategy for the challenge and like basically getting ahead of the ball and like uh, opening the net. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. And even like her reaction to her family, like seeing her family video, like she shows family video. What an old timey uh, retail store. Uh, they still exist. I don't think so. I think they, they no, out. they do. They actually expanded in uh, my college town in the time that I was in college. So somewhere between. 2012 and 2016 they ex- they made no, a store i think in the last like five years they've like gone bankrupt no even the the pizza chain attached to it i don't know steve like, oh, keep talking okay i'm gonna look this up helen's reaction to her family's video was like really genuine and really sweet and like when we've outside of the recipes because god damn helen shut the fuck up <laughs> every time we've seen helen i've liked her and i'm so sad that she was wasted on this season Mm. You're right. Family Video is shutting down all remaining stores. What year? 2021. That, yep. Okay. Okay. COVID did it in. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. But then, hold on. Does The, the pizza was good. Mm, mm-hmm. I liked Marco's Pizza. So, unless they just, like, said, you know what, just make the entire store a pizza store. Wow, I'm off the rails. <laughs> Who is this for, Steven? This is a pizza shop local to your... College town. No, they were all over the place. Oh my god. Email us in. Tell tell us you like pizza. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with us today? I have a I have a lot of answers there. Anyway, so <laughs> challenge happened. Ted might be an axe murderer. Just throwing that out there. Dude! With how he wields this machete. Holy hell. It was terrifying. Yeah. And a bad strategy. Yeah. I mean it worked though. It was not faster. Then whoever he was going against, his came down second. Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. <laughs> it was fun to watch. Yeah. So, in the first round, we had Clay and Ken win, and Brian and Helen won the second round. Mm-hmm. And then, you're right, Helen kind of led the charge in that second round and really brought it home for that team. And it wasn't get... even close. Yeah. Which... When you were talking originally, you're like, ah, Clay and Ken get to be together. That's not fair. But they get shown up. Yeah. And not even in the brain part of the challenge, in the physical part of the challenge. Yeah. It's great. It is great. So then we have a final one-on-one between Brian and Helen. And the game leads you to believe that just, they're just going to run the course again because mm-hmm. they don't say anything. They're, they did before the challenge. I said the, the last two will compete in a mental challenge. I thought he meant the last two teams of two. Oh. I didn't realize he meant the last two people. Okay. Then yes, I read that wrong. Jeff has been very bad the last couple episodes at explaining the challenges. I agree. I don't think he cares. <laughs> I cannot say that enough. We've given up. Makes me wonder what the... 
reunion's gonna be like, oh man, he's like, fuck, someone's gotta win this season. Yeah, I don't know. Here's uh, here's your vote, and the winner is fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> the winner is us for the season being over. Yeah, you're welcome, America. Anyway, the mental challenge is that they have to build a pyramid puzzle, but again, not explained very well. No. Jared's like, do they just have to stack wicker balls? That's what it looked like. It did. But they're they're glued together in different Tetris-like pieces, so you can't just stack them. You have to find the order in which they fit together. The answer to those is always one that looks like it should be the base will be on its side. Mm-hmm. Every time. I agree. But also, since it is a pyramid, it would technically work in a different solution. That is true. It would have to work with it on its base. I have to recontemplate my life now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Helen doesn't do very well, so Brian wins. Yay. Yay. He wins the entirety of the video from his wife and his daughter? Question mark? Yes. Son? His child. Child, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Very young child. Yes. And that child was not hideous. It was also much older than, yeah. than the newborn. Didn't look like an alien. Newborn babies, man. I mean, you just got... You just got birthed. You're a pile of goo. You were practically... <laughs> your body is made to, like, squish down into a... Through a tiny surface area. I don't want to describe the miracle of birth. I'm... Letting you do what you're going to do. Your bones and your head solidify and you lose some of the, the grossness. Grow up. Not you, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. done yet? No. Okay. This is what happens when I don't sleep. Okay. So anyway, he gets a, a drink which maybe was alcoholic? Oh, yeah, okay. So sometimes it's like a pitcher and a cup of green fluid. Mm. Maybe it's margarita. Maybe it's limeade. Uh, who knows? It's the leftover margarita from the <laughs> the auction. It might be. Gross. <laughs> like 14 days ago. Well, he's like the leftover tequila from it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then... The weirdest part of this challenge and this episode, and maybe of all of the content since the tribe started living together, we all sit around and watch Ted's video. Or, uh, uh, sorry, Brian's video. <sighs> you did the thing. I did, but it wasn't even Ken. It was no, Brian. Right. <laughs> Everyone's Ted. Whoops. But hold on. my There were different levels of watching this video. Oh, yes, there were. There, there was... Clearly one person with much so, more laser eyes than everybody else. Okay, so. I, I, Brian's wife has more charisma than him. It's Brian's true. wife should be on the show. I agree. I, I don't know why Brian's on the show. Although Brian, if it wasn't for the fact that he's a horrible misogynist, wouldn't actually be that bad of a survivor player. I think Brian is one of the more charismatic people on this season it's true. right now. It's true. The unfortunately. Only, unfortunately. The only problem is he's an awful, awful misogynist in the worst possible ways. I agree. And, like, is really outwardly gross about it. And is, it has, like, he has sleazy used car salesman charisma. Well. I know. Good, <laughs> lucky for us, he is a used car salesman. And then Clay. This is the second time I've seen that look on Clay's face. The first was looking up and down Aaron's legs at one point in a group scene. You can actively tell that he is hard. And I am uncomfortable. Oh, no! I am so uncomfortable with that scene. Uh, Yeah, he is staring so intently. It it practically feels like he's about to lick his lips. And it's... It it is. It... He... (laughs) Let's just say that... Peeing in the cave won't be the worst of the problems or or bodily fluids that night. Brian's wife is dancing with the baby and, like, turns her back to us and is pretty innocently dancing. Yeah. And it's it's creepy. It's also a weird thing to do for a video. Like, I... They need... That needed... For the families, more of a format. Mm -hmm. Because you're just... Like, she talks and, like, dances and, like, does a tour of the house for some reason. Like, it needed structure, not just, like, all right, give us five minutes of video. Yeah. But... A simple letter saying, hey, this is going to be this long. These are some good ideas of things to film. 
Also, everyone is going to see this, so maybe be choosy about what you're doing. And national TV is going to see it. Yeah. Yeah, very bizarre, and Brian looked uncomfortable. He did. Brian's like, why are they here watching this with me? (laughs) And interesting, though, that in the tour, they show off his baby grand piano, his multiple nice cars, and Helen's taking notice. Mm -hmm. Helen's like, hey, he doesn't need a million dollars. He doesn't need to win this. And Helen might not have the capital to go after Brian, though I wish maybe her and the people of Sukjai would have talked or Mm -hmm. we would have seen them talk. But she's going to be on the jury at the very minimum. Mm -hmm. And now that's in her head. So congratulations, Brian. You won a reward challenge in which you tainted at least one member of the jury against you and got a maybe alcoholic beverage that you shared with everyone and gave Clay a boner. Congratulations on your reward challenge. Nice of him to share, I guess. What a mess. What a mess. I don't know. I don't know what I want, because sometimes I'm like, hey, Survivor, don't let them share the thing. It, it minimizes the thing that they've won. But also sometimes I'm like, no, just be nice. Share it to all the people. I think it should be a rule that they can't share. Because if it's not a rule, then you have to by default. I, I think later on it does come in where they, they can't share. The show has a responsibility to protect the winner of the challenge in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we get back, we paint the flag a little bit, and... <laughs> Jan leads her third grade arts and crafts. Yeah, it's cute. Helen's doing more more recipes while this is happening. Oh, uh, I did like the accidental foreshadowing. Uh, from Brian's wife of like, so we can take a vacation to Fiji. Yeah, that was funny. That was really funny. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, where the show goes for the next, like, or in like 20 years forever. Survivor taking a vacation to Fiji. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're painting the flag. Helen's doing recipes and Ted's just like about to blow up. He's sitting there simmering and you're like, mm, it's going to happen. And here's the weird thing. Mm-hmm. Ted... Go get some alone time. Makes total sense. Wish the canoe would have flipped and he could have drowned, but the Survivor Turn Back Time podcast does not advocate for violence. Our lawyer told us we should say that. Um, thanks, lawyer. Thanks, lawyer. Imaginary lawyer I made up. Going getting some alone time makes total sense. Yeah. Just tell your tribe. Yeah. Don't just go off and be like, I stole a canoe. <laughs> like, what are, what are you doing? It is easy to just, like, lean over to one person and say, you know what, I'm going to go on a solo canoeing trip. Don't don't mind me. I'll be back in a little bit. But Ted is used to doing things without asking. Holy shit. Jared. I don't plan these. They just come <laughs> up. Whoo. Okay. <laughs> Jake is looking for a crack in the Chewigan Alliance. He's looking for that one person that he can drag over. Which makes so much sense, and yet does it does it terribly. Why does everyone, and I mean everyone in the game right now, make the take away the agency and and like humanity of the Chewy Gone women, including the Chewy Gone women? Yeah. Because like, Jake, why are you talking to Clay to talk to the women? Talk to the women. They're human beings that can communicate back. Because he's just a, a good old southern boy and he doesn't believe that the, the females exist. Helen and Jan, you know in that if if those two Egon five go to five, it's you two are number five and number four. Why are you sitting around? What's wild here is that Clay gives the tea. He's yeah. like, hey, we're thinking like maybe we want to get rid of Ted. G- Fucking go tell Ted that. Yeah. Why are you not, why are you wasting that opportunity? Because they're right. Like, you could, which is what they try to do a little bit, go after Ted with them, and then your numbers are four and three, but you're still in the same down spot. Yeah. You could also, in the situation, which is the better plan, go to Ted, say, they're trying to get rid of you. Like, we want to work with you. Help us even the odds, and you can come with us. Boom, you flip the script. Or go to Jan and Helen that once again have agency and a vote. That they do. And say, hey, those three treat you like shit, Mm -hmm. or they clearly don't, they're they're not, you are just 
ancillary to them. Mm -hmm. Come over here, we pick the three of them off one by one, and then it's the five of us will see what happens. Which, I can understand why that's a tough sell, because then you have three Suk Jai and two, right? Uh, and then the two of them. But, like, Penny could make that play and say, we'll do a women's alliance. Like, they're so... Yeah. Yeah. I want to move on. Yeah. Because this next one might be a little bit to talk about. The immunity challenge... Is a weird fucking challenge. It's a weird challenge. It's a challenge built for two people, but they have to find a way to get it to two people really quick. Because yeah. the actual challenge part of it is so long and so difficult that it just, it, it really, the rest of it doesn't matter. This should have been something that they could have studied ahead of time. This was too hard to memorize in 30 seconds. As you can see by the fact that after one guess... Mm -hmm. Six or uh, five of the eight people are out. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that unless you're making them do like math problems. I mean, you, you could make it a little harder. You could do like one plus the other, but either way, I that was that first round was fucking brutal, yeah. man. So what happened is Jeff shows up. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna study this board of numbers in the the Thailand language. It's here's the numbers in the English language. Here's the numbers in the Thailand mm -hmm. language." And you're just gonna, we're gonna quiz you. These are gonna go away after 30 seconds, and I'm just gonna give you a number. And that's what he did. And you're right, five people in the first round, and then they had to get it to two, so they were lucky that one person got it wrong in the second round. I don't know what they would have done in the off chance, but. That only like one person got it right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume they would go to a like sudden death with the other two. Sure, probably. Uh, but yeah. The only two, uh, the two people that come out of that are Clay and Ken, and you're thinking, man, this is going to be a runaway for Ken, right? I was actually thinking it'd probably be close because it's more about it's not a physical challenge, sure. And Clay's not stupid; he's vile, but he's not stupid. But they show him; they show the two of them like side by side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Clay looks like a child next to Ken. It looks like Shrek and Donkey standing next to each other. <laughs> Just stature-wise. Like, clearly not anything else, but, like, still. Sure. Is, ugh. So, this challenge, the second half of the challenge, is just that trash can puzzle from Pokemon Yellow, or Red or Blue, for Lieutenant Sarge's gym. Sarge? Surge? Surge. Yeah, Lieutenant Sarge wouldn't make sense. Lieutenant Surge is a gym. I love Lieutenant Sarge. <laughs> I have to use both hands to <laughs> Lieutenant Sarge. Um, no, I actually think it's kind of a cool challenge. It's Or the second half, it's kind of interesting. It has something there. For once, it's actually too complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they have to like go in and follow directions and use this. It, it's almost like a grid of holes that could be dug up. And they have to use these tablets with the the numbers that they used in the first portion of the challenge. And then go through and be like, okay, I have to go this many spaces east, this many spaces up, this many spaces west. And you're like, okay. And they can use the reference guide this time. They don't yes. have to have memorized. Correct. That would have taken all fucking day. And this is not even close. This is the first challenge I've ever seen with garbage time. <laughs> it was over, and we still had to finish watching the challenge. <laughs> like, I think Clay was at seven when Ken was at two. Yeah. Like... It, it was ugly. It was really bad. And Ken gets so many wrong answers. At some point... I was expecting him to accidentally uncover one of the ones that was correct, but in a different area. That would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious, but it wouldn't have helped him because they needed the tag from the thing. Yeah. Actually digging it up wouldn't have mattered. So funny, though. Yeah. And then we pivot from there to back to camp trying to figure out how we're going to keep Ken. And Ken's like, oh, I just put a target on my back being a challenge beast. I'm like, you did? And, like, this is part of the problem with challenge beasts, mm -hmm. right? Is, like, you think about the, the quote-unquote challenge beasts we've had up until this point, like, Kelly Wigglesworth, um, who was... Marquesas, I felt like, had somebody that went on a pretty decent run. I mean, we're missing the ultimate challenge beast, Kathy. Kathy, thank you, yes. Kathy, the challenge beast, and Marquesas, um, only individual. Ch Team-wise, couldn't do shit. <laughs> 
And like, there's not the people. And now Clay won, and it wasn't close. And Ken embarrassed himself. Yeah. How do you? How did that put a target more on his back as somebody that can compete in the challenges? You just looked like what you just told everyone is I can compete physically, and I guess I can memorize kind of. But holy shit, am I an idiot? I think everyone just kind of sees what's going on. Yeah. And everyone knows the writing on the wall is... It's there for the Sukhjai tribe. I, I, I can't pull the wool over your eyes here. It's it's not looking good. No. And if you look at those three people and you're like, okay, who's the obvious physical yeah. threat here? It's, it's sure not going to be Jake. And it's sure not going to be Penny. No. Uh, you could maybe make an argument for Penny, but... Not they in, don't. <laughs> they don't. And Ken is clearly the threat. When we go back to camp, though, we both laugh because they show the flag for the first time in its full, <laughs> its full glory. Yeah. And of course, Ken puts NYCPD, uh, NYPD, NYPD, yeah, under his name, and you're like, you have no identity. You're just this. This is your thing. You are cop man. You are cop man. You're fucking RoboCop. Like, great. <laughs> Cool. Cool. It's like ever since he ever since we lost Rob, Ken has no personality. Yeah. His personality was to be a foil to Rob. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, that's pretty much all I have in the episode except for one thing at Tribal. Go on. Ted uses his baby as a shield. <laughs> yeah, go on. He realizes, and he talks about his confessional. He's like, going out on my own like that probably put me at risk of like being labeled a loner or whatever. And we know, because he told us, the reason he went out there is because he was annoyed. Mm -hmm. He was sick of people, he was sick of Helen's recipes, and he needed to go out in the boat. And then at Tribal Council, he goes, you know, after seeing the video with my child, I was just feeling so down and depressed that I wasn't there to hold her, and I remedied that by taking some me time and going out alone. So now you've just used your infant as a shield so that people can't blame you for going off on a pity party alone kind of works though oh it does it's horrible but it works <laughs> uh the other thing i thought was really funny from tribal is that jeff talks about clay having the necklace the immunity necklace around his throat yeah not around his neck around his throat and that's such a subtle linguistical difference mm -hmm. but something around your neck would be around the back and resting on you, mm -hmm. something around your throat is really implied to be choking you or a detriment. Jeff is staring at this necklace, wondering if he grabs it and pulls what would happen to Clay's head. It feels like a Freudian slip, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then they pull a little misdirection with the, the vote reading. You're like, oh, oh. When the most interesting part of the episode is the order in which they read the votes, yeah. it's not a good episode. <laughs> So we lose Ken. Ken's gone. Okay. He was my prediction for the winner from the merge. It's like, we, you need a new one. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to give you time to think about that. I think he was anyway. I think he was one of your top two. I think we just need to solidify a, a pick now. But Brian. Okay. I don't want it to be, but it's, I, I feel like it's Brian. Okay. I yeah. see what you're saying. Anyway, Ken does not come back. Shocking. I know, right? The man with no personality. <laughs> Ken's not coming back. He's never coming back. There's not a whole lot of good information out about him, but I do want to show you this one photo that I found of him. Because if you go on, go online, do a quick little Google search for Ken Stafford, Survivor. And for me, I don't know if this is for everyone, but the first picture that comes up is this. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the most heavily edited, heavy makeup a little terrifying. Almost looks like an AI-generated person. It looks like that uh, minigame in Mario Party where you have to, like, stretch Mario's face <laughs> to match, like, what the face is, and you just, like, stretch all four corners of it out. Like, he has very chiseled facial features, and for whatever reason, it, they just look wrong in this photo. Like, the angle isn't doing him any favors. It looks like it's a little bit shot up. Mm. It's like... And he looks so touched up that it doesn't look like a real person. That's upsetting. Yeah. Like, the rest of these photos look totally... They're just him. Do you have any information on him after he left the game? He does a little bit of, like, TV stuff. Um, 
Yeah, he appeared on a couple TV shows, including the Canadian show Reality Obsessed, and he did appear as a contestant on the Cash Cab. Oh, okay. Which is hilarious because that's not something you sign up for. You yeah. just walk into the Cash Cab and you're like, boom, you're on a game show, baby. Sure. Oh. I need to contact my agent. I don't know if I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, they, like there's there's really not a whole lot on here. It's unfortunate. I hope I hope if someone has anything, he had some information, but for some reason the body cam wasn't working at the time. <laughs> oh my god, Darren, you're on fire today. Hey. <laughs> I, I love the trivia, though. It's it's so dumb. If you go on the Survivor Wiki, they always have a trivia on mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And it's like, hey, his luxury item was the NYPD shield. And cool. I, re- I read that the first time, and I'm like, they, they let him take a full riot shield? God damn it. No. It's, <laughs> Steven? It's, it's the, <laughs> it was the intrusive thought. But no, it's it's just the, the, the patch. Um, he was the first person in Survivor history to be disqualified from a challenge for breaking the challenge rules. Dumb. Cool. Dumb. And then this one's really funny. Is the... No, actually, I can't read that. That'll ruin some things in the future. Never mind. Okay. I'm gonna... I'll take that. Alright. I actually think Ken could do pretty decently in a future season, because although I joke about having no charisma, or no personality, I... I really can't overstate how much with, you know, this is only nine months after 9-11, be like a very, very traumatic event for everyone in New York, but especially for the police and fire departments. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine how much that would would be 100% of your personality because, holy shit, history was just made, and I don't know what his, like, if he was working that day or like, it doesn't really matter. I I think that that would, that's a, what else do you have in your life to talk about in Mm -hmm. those last nine months? Like, that's kind of the only thing. So I think with some distance from that, we could see a little bit more of his personality <laughs> and on a better season. He needs someone to get him out of his shell, which ironically was Rob. Yeah, weird, isn't it? I know. But I think he could do pretty well. Like, I think his, like, you know, if you if he played the game ten times with, like, wiping his memory every time, the average of that would probably be, like, a top five. Because he's, he's, you're not going to get rid of him during the group phase mm-hmm. because he's a, he's a great person to have around. He has a good work ethic. He's strong. And he he showed enough hustle this episode. Not very good hustle, but again, you're kind of working with garbage. All I'm saying is this is the... This is clearly the most perfect season for him to be on to be a winner. Like, everyone is glorifying uh, these NYPD cops. If he was on if he was on the right tribe. Fair. Because the non-merge actually killed him. Yeah, I mean, killed Sheehan. But, but Sheehan was his closest ally. Yeah. And well, he kind of... He, he, he made a bad choice. He dug her grave. Yeah, absolutely. But being down two people with extended tribes like that, yeah. Oopsie doops. Uh, protagonist of the episode, unfortunately, is Clay. I hate it, but it's Clay. He gets the most amount of screen time. He is the one who wins immunity challenge. He's the one that is strategizing, proposing, um, bringing Brian over to break his alliance with Ted, although he doesn't know there's an alliance there. His stare He's, will haunt me for the rest of my days. That, that is true. That's going to be the picture next to BB, I pronounce. No. <laughs> no, we're not going to honor Clay. BB is immortal. I don't want to see Clay's eyes staring at me. Put Clay's eyes on BB's face. Look at look at the kind eyes of our Lord and Savior BB. A little dead, but <laughs> a little dead eyes. I'm aware he's dead. That's why I said dead eyes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Clay, Clay. It's this episode's the story of Clay. Yeah. Cool. Let's get out of this episode, please. Would you like to do the honors? Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I'm going to jump right into it because we're about to go film another episode. Jared, anything you'd like to promote? Deodorant. I forgot to put it on today, <laughs> and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Good. So Good we're gonna. Enough. I'm going to borrow your deodorant if that's cool. Okay. Yeah. We're about to get real close. Hmm. You want some light pits before I do? No. Nah, that's God, probably for no. the best. <laughs> 
that we have... I, I am letting every intrusive thought win today. <laughs> we have been actively, like, drenched in sweat doing shows together. I, I don't want to smell you anymore. I didn't even live with you on that contract. That's true. It could have been worse. I don't really smell. No, so I don't put on deodorant. That's fair. Do you want to promote anything? I want to promote, one, your government not falling into fascism. Yeah. It's, uh, again, not looking at anything in particular. I actually don't know what of the many, many things I'm thinking oh, of you're referencing. There's there's so much shit going on. Yeah, right. Like, hey, I guess I will take a stand on this one. I wasn't going to. I know, right? Fucking people are attacking LGBTQ people and specifically trans people right now with no viable reason. They're afraid. They're using legislation in horrible, horrible ways mm -hmm. to target these people who just want to live their lives. Just fucking leave them alone. What sucks is, like, I can't boycott Florida any harder because I already don't go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're entirely right, and, and, uh, welcome to the fascism podcast, the anti-fascism podcast. I'm so, excuse me? <laughs> the, but if it was just Florida and I could be like, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is an asshole, yeah. like, people can leave the state, but not everyone has that option, so of it's course. a very flippant way to do it. It's not. It's Tennessee, Missouri, it's Idaho, Tennessee, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, exactly. There's so many states doing to this shit right now, and it's wildly upsetting. It is... The ultimate lie of fascism, for it to succeed, you must have an enemy that is both unknowable and terrifying, and yet can be oppressed. Yeah. Just fucking go talk to a trans person. Like, they're just people. Every single person that I met that is trans is a great person. So I, I have no idea why you're demonizing these people who just want to live. It is the stance of the Survivor Sharing Back Time podcast that you respect our trans homies or we will make your pronouns was were. <laughs> what a veiled threat that is. <laughs> it's not actionable. I'm good. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Get your shit together. Oh, the next one could be even sillier. We're in a silly, goofy mood. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.